0: agree with what we signed on to a long time ago, and that there's a one-China policy and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving, we're not encouraging them being independent. We're not, let. that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack.
1: President Biden, you may want to take that back. (laughs) The White House, once again, already walking back. Not the first time he has said that, that the United States would absolutely engage militarily if, in fact, China invaded Taiwan. So already the White House walking that back. He made those comments again, this time on 60 Minutes with Scott Pelley, courtesy of CBS, on Sunday night. When you talk China, Asia, really any part around the world, they don't come better than my friend Gordon Chang. You can follow Gordon Chang on Twitter. He's a great follow, Gordon G. Chang. Here he is on this Tuesday morning, Gordon Chang. Gordon, good morning. How are you, pal? I'm fine, Sid, and thank you so much. You're welcome. You know, the last time you were on a couple of weeks ago, you and I had this really detailed conversation about what China is doing around the world and specifically to the United States, and I got people, I'm not exaggerating, Gordon, that day that were like, oh, my God, that was the scariest conversation I've heard in a long time because you maintained at least two weeks ago that uh, China and the U.S., they're about to go to war, whether it's militarily, whether it's, um, you know, on the Internet. You really feel like China really wants to battle the United States. Are you still staying with that?
0: Yes, certainly. You know, it's not only that Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, is engaged in this fastest military buildup since the Second World War, but he's also mobilizing the Chinese people for war. You know, so we don't know what's inside his head. Only he does. But we can see what he's doing. And he's getting China ready to go to war with the U.S. And that means, you know, regardless of what we think, we've got to get ourselves prepared as well, because it's
1: coming. Well, when you say it's coming, okay, I mean, it's kind of like the uh, other climate stuff, you know. It's coming. could be a thousand years. Not to put you on the spot, Gordon, but give me a time period when it actually comes.
0: I think that the next five years are the moment of danger. I'm not saying there will be war, but if there is war, it's going to be now. And I think that's for a lot of reasons. So we need to get through some very difficult years, Sid. And if we're strong, um, if Biden is strong, if the U.S. is strong, then we'll be okay. But, you know, we saw what happened in Ukraine. The United States, so much more powerful than Russia, was not able to stop Vladimir Putin from invading. And we also saw what happened in Afghanistan, the calamitous withdrawal. The Chinese, the Russians, the Iranians, the North Koreans, the Algerians, they all see this. And that's what makes this moment so perilous.
1: Well, to explain to my listening audience, not everybody is, like, really savvy, Gordon, when it comes to this stuff. I maintain the fact that most of my listeners are like me. I'm a sports guy turned politics, and I'm interested, uh, and now on a different level, obviously. But not everyone knows the real particulars, you know, the minutiae of these uh, discussions. So when Joe Biden comes out and says to Scott Pelley, yes, if China invades, the U.S. will take action militarily, In Taiwan what exactly has he done wrong there
0: well you know I happen to agree with him um, because if we're clear um, the Chinese won't invade we have had this policy called strategic ambiguity where we tell neither Beijing nor Taipei what we would do in the case of imminent conflict and that has preserved the peace in a benign era But we're no longer in a benign era, so we need to make it clear. We weren't clear on Ukraine, and guess what happened? We need to be clear on Taiwan.
1: Okay, so to be clear right now with you, uh, even though the Republicans are going crazy and the White House is walking it back, you don't think what Biden said to Pelly was all that bad?
0: No, I thought it was great. But there is a real problem, though, and that is Biden has said this four times to George Stephanopoulos, to Anderson Cooper, to the reporter in Tokyo in May, and now to CBS. Four times the White House has walked it back. This is a constitutional crisis because in our constitutional system, it is the president of the United States and nobody else who makes foreign policy. And what we have had is his subordinates clearly contradict him. And that is a constitutional coup. Now, we may not want to think it in those severe terms, but that's what it is. The president of the United States has been contradicted by his subordinates.
1: Gordon Chang just actually made Joe Biden a sympathetic figure. Not easy to do, Gordo. (laughs) Good job out of you. Um, Let me ask you this. All those four years when Donald Trump was president, there was no talk about China invading Taiwan. Why not?
0: I think it's because the Chinese, um, first of all, they did respect Trump. They thought he was strong. But more important, uh, you know, the Chinese have dealt with hostile American leaders before. Um, They've never dealt with a Trump before. And the thing about Trump that I think unnerved Beijing, as well as I think unnerved Vladimir Putin, was because he was unpredictable. We did not know what he was going to do. They did not know what he was going to do. And that really made them think twice about hostile actions. And so there was general peace for four years. Whatever you think of Trump, there was peace for four years. Before that, the Russians invaded Crimea. After that, they invaded the rest of Ukraine. That's a really clear social uh, experiment. And it's very clear what's happened here.
1: What is the real relationship, Gordon Chang, right now between the Chinese president and Biden I knew that, uh, you know, like Trump, for example, he he come down to Mar-a-Lago, they kind of go back and forth, uh, had a little bit of fun, but it was very, very serious, and Trump made it known from the very beginning, you're not going to screw us here. What is the relationship right now between the Chinese president and Biden?
0: Well, they have talked five times, uh, video calls and phone calls. They're probably going to meet in November on the sidelines of the G20 in Bali. There's not much of a relationship, but the thing that I don't like about what Biden says, and I, didn't, I don't like it also when Trump says it, is that he calls Xi Jinping his good friend. You know, both of them have done it. I don't think that's the right thing to do, but Biden does it all the time. And that's a real indication that Biden wants a cooperative relationship with Xi Jinping. And, uh, yeah, we want cooperative relationships with all countries, but you can't do it when China is mercilessly attacking the United States, and it has.
1: Well, give us uh, some examples, if you can, Gordon Shang, of how recently the Chinese have, quote-unquote, attacked the United States.
0: Last year, there was an estimated 77,000 overdose deaths from illegal fentanyl. Now, China is behind the fentanyl gangs. The, you know the Communist Party runs a near total surveillance state. These fentanyl gangs, which are large and well organized, could not operate without the approval of the Communist Party. The fentanyl gangs actually launder their proceeds through the Chinese state banking system. You know, um that's murder. They intend for Americans to be murdered, um, to die. So I, I just I think that's an attack. Also 55,000 Americans have now been killed by COVID-19, a disease that should have never left central China, but which left because Chinese leaders, they lied about contagiousness, and while they were locking down their own country, they pressured us to take arrivals from China without travel restrictions and quarantines. That was a deliberate spread of the disease beyond China's borders. That's an intentional taking of life without justification that's 1,055,000 murders.
1: Gordon, are you convinced at this point that the Chinese created that virus in that lab?
0: I don't know where SARS-CoV-2, the pathogen, came from. We don't know that for 100%. You know, I think it came from a lab, but there is a measure of doubt that it could have been a, a zoonotic transfer. But what I'm saying is that Even if SARS-CoV-2 did not start out as a biological weapon, the Chinese turned it into one, and that is 100 percent, Sid. We know 100 percent they wanted to spread this disease beyond their borders because we can see what they did. We can see what they said. No question about it.
1: Gordon Chang here at Gordon G. Chang, another discussion about China, the United States, especially after Joe Biden's comments on 60 Minutes about uh, Taiwan on Sunday night. We've had these discussions before, too, me, you, and Bernard, about all the stuff we get, Gordon, from China, from uh, antibiotics, close to 85%. Now we're talking about electric cars and what electric cars, and, of course, who makes the batteries for these electric cars? The Chinese. The Chinese. So above and beyond uh, the war, where we go out there militarily and and, and go into combat with these people, they they basically can shut us down overnight with some of the things we need most in the United States because we don't produce enough stuff here. If this is not a lesson about that right now, Gordon, I don't know when it is. Yeah, I know.
0: We, We should be making our pharmaceuticals here. But, you know, the thing, Sid, is not only do we need to buy, the Chinese need to sell. You know, the Chinese in 2010 banned the export of rare earths to Japan um, over a East China Sea dispute. You know what happened? Chinese state enterprises sold to the Japanese anyway, surreptitiously, because they needed to sell. Got to remember, yeah, we're dependent on for pharmaceuticals and active pharmaceutical ingredients, but the Chinese need to sell that stuff as well, especially now with their economy in distress. So, yeah, I don't like this. I think it was great that uh you know, under President Trump, he made some moves to make us independent of the Chinese on pharmaceuticals. He he botched the exercise, of course, but the point is he had his heart in the right place. Biden's not even trying on that.
1: I did uh, think I I think I read this week that uh Ping is obviously not happy with the Russia invasion of um of Ukraine, and uh, that may be the only place where him and Putin differ, because lots of sources around the country, Gordon, are saying that there is a partnership, not even secret, a very obvious partnership between Ping in China and Putin in Russia, except when it comes to this war where Ping disagrees. Are both of those things true?
0: Um, the Chinese fully support Russia's efforts on Ukraine. We know this two Fridays ago when China's third-ranked leader went to Moscow, spoke to the State Duma, clear Unambiguous expression of support for the war in Ukraine, not just in general, but for the war in Ukraine. And last Thursday, when Xi Jinping was in Uzbekistan, he also expressed support for Russia's core interest, which is code for the war in Ukraine. Yeah, the Chinese are un- unhappy that the Russians are, you know, being totally incompetent on the battlefield, but they're not uh, upset about what Putin is generally doing, just the execution.
1: And uh, in the end here, Putin coming off looking really weak. You know, there were a lot of folks in the United States who thought it would be over in three days, not even close. Ukraine has actually regained some territory. They've killed over 50,000 Russian soldiers. So in the end, in an effort to throw down his fist and look really, really strong here, Gordon, Vladimir Putin comes off looking really, really weak.
0: Yeah, certainly. Um and uh, Xi Jinping has been supporting the Russians with elevated commodity purchases, effectively financing the war. They've been putting their propaganda units in service of the Kremlin. They've been opening up their financial system to sanctioned Russian institutions. They're just they're giving the military information. And Biden keeps on warning the Chinese not to support the Russians. And the Chinese continue to support the Russians. And the Chinese look at Biden and say, you know, you're feeble.
1: Of <laughs> course well, he is. So on the way out then, Gordon, uh, if you were having a conversation with Joe Biden today and nobody knows the uh, Asia and the East and China more than you, and he was like, I don't know, Gordon, I feel like things are unraveling. I don't know what to do next. What would you advise Joe Biden to do next to kind of deter what you think is inevitable between the United States and China? I
0: tell Biden to give a televised address to the American people, say we're defending Taiwan. We're going to put some troops on the island. We're going to pre-position supplies there. We'll offer them a mutual defense treaty. You know, it'll get the Chinese angry. But on the other hand, getting them angry is a lot better than actually having to go to World War III. Because if we have war in East Asia, then we have war in Eastern Europe. We have the Armenians and the Azerbaijanis fighting each other now. This is starting to look like the beginning of history's next great conflict, We need to stop this now.
1: You know, a lot of Americans, they don't want to see our kids dying in an effort to protect Ukraine against Russia. They don't want to see our kids dying in an effort to protect Taiwan against China. They want these countries to fight their own wars and stop having our kids die overseas in an effort to kind of regulate the world. You know that's the case here. People will say, hey, Gordon, send your kid to Taiwan if you really want to to defend those people.
0: Look, you don't have to go to war if you're clear beforehand. We went to war in South Korea in 1950 because we refused to say that we would defend it. We went to war in 1990 to save Kuwait because we refused to say to tell the Saddam Hussein that we would defend it. We get into war, SID, when we are irresolute and feeble-looking. We don't get into wars when we're strong. You stand strong, there's no war. You look feeble? Yeah, there's going to be hell of a conflict.
1: That is a a tremendous job this morning. Another scary but worthwhile and important conversation. As always, Gordon Chang, spectacular job. Thank you for coming on early on a Tuesday morning. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much, Sid. I really, really appreciate the opportunity.
1: Oh, man. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. There he is, folks. Gordon Chang. Follow him on Twitter this morning. This morning, I should say. Gordon G. Chang. And he comes on. He's so smart. He doesn't shoot stuff from the hip or the lip like Mike Lupica. He actually tells you the facts. And the last two conversations we've had over the last three weeks about us and China, terrifying. I mean, really scary.